How are we doing, CA students? All right, all right, all right. It is, it is good to be with you guys. Hey, I just want to say, I was in high school at one point, and I know how hard it can be to make Wednesday nights happen. So I just want to say to every single one of you that's here, well done, and I'm proud of you. Thanks for choosing to be here on a Wednesday night. Amen? Amen. Um, hey, I want to add my welcome. My name's Levi. I also am so glad that you're here. Thanks for choosing to spend your time here with us on a Wednesday night. Uh, I love this part of program where we open up God's word and see what God has to say to us. You know, when we come to the Bible, it's not something we come to and we're like, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to do with this. When we come to the Bible, the correct posture is like, hmm, God, what are you going to do with me? <laughs> right? That we're not just coming. What I would hate is if tonight you guys just heard a speech from Levi. Right? And the reason I know that that's not going to happen is because we're coming to God's word, to scripture, to the Bible, and the Holy Spirit is in it, and he's going to speak to us through it. Amen? So that's what's going on right now. We're in a series called Worth It. Say worth it. Worth it. Come on. Uh, to put it simply, what's the big idea of this? Is that we believe that no matter the cost, Jesus is worth it. No matter the cost, Jesus is worth it. No matter who you are, Jesus is worth it. No matter how old you are, if you're an excited freshman or you're a, I'm too cool to, or I'm too cool to be here senior, Jesus is worth it for you. Jesus is worth it. No matter if you've been following Jesus your whole life or this is your first time in a church, Jesus is worth it for you right now. And so uh, Jake taught last week from the Bible. He taught us about how the Bible teaches that our hearts our worth it detectors are off. And so we're constantly looking at things that aren't worth it, and we're like, I'm going to give my time and energy and life to that. And things of eternal value, we're like, uh, I don't have time, right? And so we need God to help us to know what's truly worth it in life for now and for eternal life. And the good news is that Jesus did that through Scripture. Colossians 1 says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So if you want to know what God's like, look at Jesus. God has shown himself to us, and he's given us the Bible. He's given us scripture so we can know him, we can follow him, we can love him. Amen? Amen. Hey, just want to give a quick worth it shout out right now. Uh, Cohen Lim, where are you? You're the man. Hey, guys, I want you to know that Cohen thought it was so worth it, not just to be here on Wednesday, but to serve his church family by leading from the cello, that he had sport practice today, but he said, hey, coach, I need to go, and then I'll come back to practice. And so he set up a time with Aiden to rehearse beforehand so that he could be here and serve us. You know why? Because Cohen thinks it's worth it. Amen? I love you. I honor you. I'm proud of you. Hey, uh, can, I, can I start us off with a funny story? Uh, so one of my very best friends in life, his name is Ulysses. So you know this story is going to be good. Uh, right? And so uh, a couple years back, Kids Church uh, was doing, for Christmas, they were doing this cowboy theme. Uh, and Ulysses and I were serving in Kids Church, because that's what you do. When you're a part of a church family, you serve your church. And so we were serving in Kids Church. And I don't know how us two got roped into it, but they're like, we're doing this cowboy theme, and we have this cowboy dance that we've choreographed. It's like, Levi and Ulysses, would you do the cowboy dance? And we're like, yeah, great, sure. I'll serve my church family. And Ulysses could dance, and so it was going to be okay, right? Uh, but part of the dance routine, choreography, 
you can tell how not good I am at this, uh, was there's this part where I kind of helped Ulysses to do this flip, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and and it, was, it was really easy, right? Like I'd actually learned how to do this kind of flip with my friends from college right before. So I was like, Ulysses, this is so cool. It's, it's just going to like blow your mind how easy it is. Uh, I just like stand right behind you and I flip you and it's awesome. He's like, okay, great, great, great. And so I just want to show you how it works. Jake's going to come up and he's going to flip me really quick. Just to show you how right this should have gone. Simple. Simple, right? And so I'm talking it up to Ulysses. I'm like, bro, you ready? You ready? You ready? He's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, bro, I want you to feel comfortable. You know, like this is, you know, we're flipping. Uh, I was like, (laughs) I'm just like, I was a little taller than him, so I was the flipper. I was like, do you trust me? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, here we go. One, two, three. And right on three, he jumps and he commits. And our hands completely slip, right? (laughs) And so... I dropped my best friend in the world after he just expressed how much he trusted me. I dropped him straight on his head, <laughs> right? And it was like one of those moments of like, this is how people get paralyzed. Like, it was just like, but, but as soon as I discovered that he was laughing really hard, you know, that's the rule. As soon as the person who got hurt is laughing, then you can laugh at them, right? And so I was like, ah, great, you're good, right? And now it's become one of the funniest parts of our friendship. But what was really funny about it is this man totally trusted me, and I totally let him down, <laughs> right, completely failed him, right, and I want to make clear, the fact that he really, really trusted me did not make me reliable, <laughs> right, the, the, the amount that he believed in me was the amount that he was let down on his head, right, <laughs> do, do, you, do you understand, right, and so why, why do I start off with this funny story, it's because, see, students, we all believe in things. We all believe in things. We're all relying on things. And now you might not be relying on your friend to flip you successfully. Uh, I recommend only very trustworthy friends for that. But maybe you are depending on your friends, whether they know it or not, to make you feel loved. Maybe you are relying on getting perfect grades or winning in whatever sports you play, or impressing people in whatever musical performance you do, and as soon as that happens, you'll know that you feel valuable, right? See, students, we, re- we all rely on things. Listen to this. We all rely on something, but not everything is reliable. We all rely on something, but not everything is reliable. Not everything is worth it to put your trust in. See, students, the good news tonight is that there is something tonight worth putting your trust in. There is something that is worth it to rely on, and in fact, it's someone that's worth trusting. It's someone that's worth rely on, someone who is worth it, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Before we get into it, would you guys pray with me? Just ask that God would speak to us through his word. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to gather as a family to devote ourselves to your word, to your teachings. God, I pray that you would speak to us, that in your kindness, you would draw us closer to yourself. Even if that's a temporarily painful process, God, I pray that you would do that so that we can have the greater life that only you can offer. God, we love you. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I want to establish a little bit of common language before we go any further. Many of you guys will have heard these terms before, but there's such a thing categorized as objective truth and subjective truth, right? So objective truth is something that's true no matter what, no matter who, no matter where, no matter when, right? Now, subjective truth, on the other hand, is something that can be true for someone, but not true for someone else. Examples. If I was to say 2 plus 2 equals 4, that's an example of objective truth. If you disagree with that, you are wrong, right? You're not like have this alter. No, you're wrong, right? Now, if I was to say in and out is the greatest fast food in the universe, is that an objective or subjective claim? Sub sub <laughs> objective. No, it's subjective, right? Uh, if you disagree with that, it doesn't make you wrong, no matter how much I feel like it does. I can recognize that Chick-fil-A also exists, and Chipotle, and other great options, right? So it doesn't make you wrong, it just makes you a different person than me, right? But what about this example? It is wrong to steal. Objective or subjective? <laughs> okay, get out of my notes, Emerson. Uh, <laughs> Right? If you say objective, I would say why? To what would you point to to prove that this is objectively true for everyone, everywhere, every place, every time? Right? What about this one? All roads lead to heaven. Is that an objective truth claim or a subjective truth claim? Right? <laughs> Trick question. This one's objective, but objectively false. Right? But my, my point is, how do we know these things? What, what are we rooting our beliefs in? And I bring this up because it's really important to understand that a lot of people nowadays are making the claim that all truth is subjective, that all truth is relative, that I have my truth, you have your truth, and you just go ahead, believe in what you want, and I'll go ahead, believe in what I want, right? And especially when it comes to God or when it comes to morality, what's right and wrong. People are like, you have your truth, I have my truth, Everywhere a truth, truth, we're going to be fine, right? And, and, and I agree in that we can, we can honor, we can respect, and we can love people that disagree with us. But I have to disagree that if there are two opposing truth claims, one cannot be true, right? The tr truth by its nature is exclusive. It says this is true, and therefore what is not this is wrong. Truth divides. It, it excludes some other things from being true. Something isn't objectively true just because you really, 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 really believe it, right? Just like my friend Ulysses really, really, really believed in me. That didn't make it reliable, right? If you really, really, really believe in something, that doesn't make it true. That just makes you either really, really, really right or really, really, really wrong. Does that make sense? There is no such thing as my truth and your truth. There is just truth. What matters is what's connected to reality, right? If I do not believe that 2 plus 2 equals 4, that does not mean that I just have my own truth. No, that means I'm wrong because my view is not aligning with reality. Jake taught me a new SAT word, phenomenological transcendence. Okay, I cheated. It's two words. It's two words. Easy. Uh, <laughs> right? What, what this means is that if something's true, it's true whether or not I believe it or observe it, right? That, 
that post is right there. If I was just to walk straight towards it, even if I didn't see it, even if I didn't believe in it, guess who's still going to walk into the post? Me, right? Truth is true even if we don't believe it or expect it to be. And therefore, if I am not aligned with that reality, my alignment doesn't make my belief true. What's true is true, and I need to therefore submit myself to truth, not I don't get to define it however I want. And so where where am I going with this? We as human beings, we all want things in life. We all want meaning. We all want purpose. We all want value, significance, security. We all want satisfaction out of life, right? And you know what? Jesus talks about this. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. There, there is an enemy, the devil, st- the Bible talks about him, that is against you, that is against your thriving, right? But Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says that he came in order to bring full life to people, right? What, this is what some people call abundant life, a life of hope, of joy, of meaning, of purpose. This is what Jesus is claiming that he's come to bring, right? And, but here's the thing. Not long after Jesus says this, he says, hey, abundant life. This is what I've come to bring. Just four chapters later, this is what Jesus says in John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is saying, I've got the stuff. I've got what everyone is wanting, what all of humankind has been craving, been created for, and I'm the only way. Jesus is saying, I am objective truth. He's saying there's no other option. Other people are going to say, there are other ways to God, other ways to heaven, other ways to peace, other ways to justice, to get to abundant life. But Jesus isn't having any of that. Jesus is saying, there's no your truth, there's no my truth. Jesus is saying, I am truth. And we have to reckon with that. And so Jesus is either objectively true or objectively false, but Jesus cannot be subjective. Jesus does not make that an option. You can submit to Jesus and commit to him, or you can reject him, but you can't change him. Jesus didn't leave that on the table. And so why is it worth it? to trust in Jesus? Why is it worth it to believe God's truth? Point number one, if you're a note taker, there are some handouts under your chair. Jesus is not one truth among many. He's the only truth. Therefore, it's worthwhile. It's worth it to believe in him. He's not one truth among many. He is the only truth. I have a little illustration to help, well, illustrate this. Um, we're all here at this table, all right? And like we talked about before, everyone wants things in life. Everyone's trying to get to abundant life, to get to joy, to peace, to hope, to satisfaction, to purpose, all of that. And that's over here on this table, right? Now, here's the thing. We, we live in a life that is hard, a life that experiences sadness, brokenness, evil, sickness, uh, all, all sorts of things, right? And so, According to scripture, we cannot get from where we currently are in life, we cannot get to abundant life on our own, right? This is part of the scripture's doctrine on sin, that we cannot fix ourselves. We cannot get ourselves to abundant life, right? 
And so get this, CA students. We are all going to rely on some sort of bridge to get us from the life we currently experience to the life that we're hoping for, to abundant life. And, and that bridge is your belief. We're all going to walk on a bridge of belief to try to get to the abundant life that we're all hoping for, right? And there are some people that are just going to have the belief, if I can just be successful, then I'll be valuable. And I'll, and I'll have that life that I'm looking for, right? If I can just get this experience, if I can just get this job, if I can just get into this college, if I can just get this girlfriend, this boyfriend, if I can just get this much money, then I'll be satisfied. If I, if I just do enough good, then, you know, the universe or God or whatever it is is going to send some good back my way, right? Or, or maybe it's just like if I just do no harm and if I just... You know, just tell people to you do you, then everyone's going to love each other and it's going to be okay. See, students, these beliefs, you can try walking across them, but you're going to discover something. If you try to walk across that bridge to get to abundant life, you're going to be disappointed. That was awesome. But hey, don't miss the point. You can try. You can try to step out on these things. And I'll be honest, you might even make it a little ways, but eventually these things are going to fail you. These beliefs, because they're not rooted in truth, because they're not rooted in reality, they will fail you. And you will not arrive at the abundant life that we're all hoping for. Enter Jesus. There is good news, CA students. Why? Because there is a reliable bridge. There is good news because there is a bridge that can sustain us through our sufferings, through our hopes, through our dreams, through our failures. There is a sturdy bridge. There is a bridge that has endured all of history, that all the evidence points to, that billions of people globally testify to, there is a bridge that is not going to let you down. And that bridge has a name because truth has a name. And his name is Jesus. And this bridge is going to sustain you and get you to where you need to go. CA students, you are going to live your life. The Bible says not to put your Lord, Lord your God to the test. So, uh, <laughs> CA students, you are going to live your life walking across a bridge of belief. And that bridge is either going to sustain you or it's going to let you fall. It's going to let you down, and it's, it's not just going to let you down. It's gonna, you're going to crash. You're going to be destroyed, right? And there's, there's hope that Jesus can redeem and res restore and save us, right? But you have a choice of what you get to choose your bridge in life, right? And the truth you believe is either going to hold you fast or it's going to let you fall. And I'll give you a hint. The amount that, you're that you believe in your bridge doesn't change the outcome. It's whether or not the bridge is trustworthy. And so, CA students, I want to tell you tonight, even if you're completely convinced of a worldview opposed to Christianity, 
your conviction is not going to carry you. But I also have good news that if you have faith in the words of Jesus, just as small as a mustard seed, the bridge is what saves you. (laughs) Jesus will sustain you, and that seed of faith can grow. I I do need to make clear that if you choose in if you choose to believe in Jesus, you don't get to choose, pick and choose which parts of Jesus you like, right? I like that Jesus wants to give me abundant and eternal life, but I don't like that he says that I'm a sinner, sinner that I have to die to myself, uh, that I have to repent and change the way I want to live, right? I just want to live my life however I want and let Jesus forgive me. Not an option. Not an option. I, I like what Jesus says about forgiveness, but I don't like what he says about sexuality not an option, right? I like what Jesus teaches when it comes to like offering salvation, but I think he's too exclusive. It's not an option. Jesus has revealed what is true. See, students, we don't get to just choose what's comfortable to us, what emotionally makes sense to us or what we want. We have to submit to truth. Why? Because truth is true, whether or not we believe it. And so it's something that we need to submit to, right? And so this is the second point that I want to end with, right? First of all, it's worth it to believe in Jesus because he's not one truth among many. He's the only truth. And secondly, it's worth it to trust Jesus because what he offers is good news. What he offers is good news. Fun fact, the blanks on this point are last year's theme and this year's theme as a bridge. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Anyways, it's worth it to to trust in Jesus because he offers good news. He offers us good news. You got to remember, Jesus is the Savior. He's out to save you. Do you know that? Sometimes we can think of Jesus that he's out to get us. No, Jesus is out to save us. (laughs) Jesus is out to save us. And so if you believe and you submit yourself to Jesus and his truth, the truth Jesus has to reveal to you is fundamentally hopeful. It's fundamentally that you can rely on him and you can walk across, and he's going to hold you fast. See, students? And so if you believe and submit to Jesus as the truth, then I just want to share just a couple of good news promises that, that are then applied to you when you submit to Jesus, right? So in no particular order, God forgives us of our sins. We see this in 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Next step of good news, God just doesn't just forgive us of our sins. He frees us from their power over us, right? John 8 says, so if the Son sets you free... You will be free a little bit. No, you will be free indeed. You will be freed from your sin. What else is good news? What else becomes true? Is that God will work whatever happens in your life, even the bad things for your good. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What else is true? What's true is that God will take care of your needs. Philippians 4 says, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. What else is true? God will give you peace. 
Back to Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What else is true about Jesus? God will give you satisfaction and abundant joy. Read this verse and notice that Jesus is talking. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Catch this. I have told you this so that my joy, Jesus' joy, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, students, did you hear that? You have the opportunity for the unceasing, unchanging, perfect joy of the triune God to be living in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what's available to us when we say yes to Jesus. And we'll round out this list that I made. Could go on for a long time. God will save you for eternity with him. Right? We'll finish with a classic, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And I want to clarify not just eternal life going on forever, ever as it is right now. Right now, we live in an age where evil and good are mixed. But when Jesus comes a second time, he is going to decisively deal with and finish all evil in the world. And that eternity that we experience with him will be a good-only experience. We'll be experiencing only his love, his joy, his peace, his perfection for eternity with him. Let me just run back through that list for a quick flyover, right? God forgives us of our sins. Then he frees us from their ongoing influence in our lives. God works everything in your life for your good. God will take care of your needs. God will give you peace. God will give you satisfaction and abundant joy, and God will save you for eternity with him. See, students, I need you to know that's what's true of people who say yes to Jesus. And so I want to exhort you, I want to beg you to put your faith in Jesus. Because here's what you got to catch. The gospel is always necessarily offensive. <laughs> That's the fact of it. Because the, go- the first part of the gospel is like, hey, you're a sinner, right? And, and here's the thing. Remember, phenomenological transcendence. That's true whether you believe it or not, Right? And, and so the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has come to save sinners and bring sinners back into right relationship with God to give them all those things that I just listed, including eternal life with him. See, students, that's what's true. And so I'm just begging you to come into alignment with what's true. It's worth it to believe in God's truth. Aiden, you can come and we'll wrap in just one second. If you don't currently believe in Jesus, I just want to say I'm so glad you're here. CA Students is the place for you. But also, I need to encourage you that you need to come to terms with what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say like, oh, if you just kind of like observe me, then we'll be all good. Right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, to heaven, to abundant life outside of me. Right? And so you need to cons- tr- seriously investigate and consider the claims of Jesus. If you do believe in Jesus, I want to call you to evaluate, am I believing in everything that Jesus has said or just the things that I like and that I'm comfortable with, right? Because here's the problem. 
if I only follow Jesus when he aligns with my preferences and my intuitions about what's right, then I'm not following Jesus. I'm just following my preferences and intuitions, right? The definition of what it means to follow someone is that when we come to a fork in a road and I would go this way, but Jesus is going this way, I say no to the old way I used to live and I follow Jesus instead. And so I want to call each and every follower of Jesus in the room to evaluate what parts of Jesus' life and teachings have I been ignoring or avoiding? And then how are you going to choose to believe and follow them as well? And one last group that I just want to address is I, I know many of you in this room, and I know many of you believe this wholeheartedly and are following hard after Jesus. I know that some of you, as soon as you learn of a way that you can give your life more completely to Jesus, you're quick to obey. Obey right away, all the way, right? And so I just want to say that I see you. I'm proud of you. And way more important than that, God sees you. God's proud of you. God's going to reward you for everything you're doing. So I want to say well done and keep going. Let's keep working this out together. CA students, Jesus is the only truth. And his truth is good news. Yes, to believe that is going to make you different. And it's going to make you disagree with some of your friends. But it's worth it. To believe in him, you'll have to believe by faith when it doesn't feel like it's true, but it's worth it. To believe in him, you'll have to sacrifice other beliefs, other behaviors that you used to do, but it's worth it. CA students, it's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it, because Jesus is the only truth, and he's not just the only truth. He's the only lasting joy. He's the only victorious peace. He's the only perfect sacrifice for our sins. He's the only God that saw people and said, because of my love for them, I'll humble myself to becoming a human and even dying because of his love for us. CA students, Jesus is worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. Let's live our lives like that's true. Amen? Would you guys stand up with me? We're about to respond to Jesus' worthiness by worship. Um, I just want to remind you guys that we are going to have uh, adult volunteer leaders around the edge of the room. If you just feel convicted or excited to pray about something, to confess something, whatever it is, you want to talk with someone or pray with someone, we would love to do that with you. So at any time during this worship time, feel free to go back and find a leader. Uh, and and for everyone, let's lean in and worship right now. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are true. And thank you that your truth is really good news for us. God, I pray that you would help us to humble ourselves before your truth. And not just the first time, the big time where we say yes to you, but every little way that we need to humble yourselves to your truth in a daily way to continue to follow you. Help us to do that, God. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.